Thank you so much to our long time sponsor on this podcast of Anchor. So Anchor is actually how I make this podcast. I wouldn't even have this podcast if it wasn't for the free tool that is the platform Anchor. So as I said, it is completely free. Anybody can make a podcast from your house, from your phone, from your computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it actually is, you guys, I stan Anchor so hard. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started with recording your own podcast. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Unfiltered with me, Lindsay. I am very excited, but also slightly nervous and terrified for this episode today, but you know, it had to be done. You know, when I came up with the name Unfiltered and the idea for this podcast, I started already at that point brainstorming a bunch of title ideas and I wrote them down in a notebook or journal like a year and a half ago or something crazy. And this was the first one I wrote down. It is going to be crazy festival stories. (laughs) So this episode is going to be very open, also very, very casual. Um, I'm actually drinking a glass of wine because I wanted to have some liquid courage to do this episode today because I'm really going to have to travel back in time to, you know, years ago, a different side of myself. And there's a lot of memories to revisit. Hopefully it will provide some entertainment for you guys because I get asked to talk about this stuff so much. I do talk about this stuff on my Patreon a lot. I've made several videos about like my craziest festival experiences and substances at shows and festivals. So if any of those topics sound interesting to you guys, I actually do regularly talk about them in my unfiltered videos category on my Patreon. So that is always linked in the show notes of my episodes if you guys ever want to go and check that out. But obviously I know that a lot of you guys just listen to the podcast and I still want to share some things. Okay. So this episode is going to probably kind of feel like a big story time video on YouTube, but it's just like a story time podcast episode. So if you guys like the style of this episode, feel free to let me know, but feel free to pour up a glass of wine or get, you know, like a white claw or a truly or anything, because it honestly is going to be that type of an episode today. You guys, like I know my podcast comes out on Monday mornings, (laughs) but this is just what's happening today. We're going to get a little wild. I have some Pinot Gris, which I, I don't know the difference yet. I could easily look it up between Pinot Grigio, which is probably my favorite white wine as of the last like six months. I buy it all the time. It's my preferred white wine, but I also started buying Pinot Gris, but I've been really into both of them lately. So yeah, I'm sipping on a glass of Miss Pinot Gris today. 
So it is a Wednesday afternoon. It's about to be three o'clock. You know, it's not necessarily acceptable drinking hours, but it is if you're doing, you know, a podcast episode like this or you are in quarantine because honestly, any hour is an acceptable happy hour in quarantine. I usually don't start until around five o'clock, but that's only because I'm trying to get a little bit of work done and I sleep in late already. So usually I start in the evening to nighttime, but we're starting a little bit early today. So I wanted to start off by shouting out our reviewer of the week. So this is somebody that left a review last week or in the last couple of weeks. And if you guys do leave a review, you have a great chance of being featured as the reviewer of the week and having a little shout out on an episode. So this review is from Isabel 95 This is an interesting name to me because I have a friend named Isabel who we call her Izzy, and she was born in 1995. So I'm like, Isabel, is this you? But based off of the review, I'm thinking it's not It's not her, but that's kind of silly. Her review is titled, Love It, Never Enough. It says, I've been watching your vids since you lived in good old Georgia. Love what you're doing with the pod. I laugh every time I listen, truly just a bop of my week. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for being a bop. <laughs> And I love how she used, you know, like my bops and flops vocabulary in her review. It made me laugh. It made me really happy. It was short to the point. So Isabel95, you are the reviewer of the week. Thank you so much. And like I said, if you guys want a chance to be featured, all you have to do is leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. All right, it's time for a little weekly catch up. So what has happened this week? You guys, honestly, a lot has happened in my personal and private life the past week. Some great, some not so great. Uh, You know, it all kind of balances each other out. But overall, I have had a great week and I'm actually really, really settling into being quarantined. Um, I mean, I kind of already had been, but to be honest, I'm just like, I'm trying to really be patient with, you know, however long the stay at home orders are in effect because I just feel like I don't want to try to say that it's going to end like, oh, you know, like May 15th or whatever. I I have no idea. And so I'm just kind of trying to be like, you know, I don't want to have expectations for when it's going to end. And I honestly just do want to make the most of this time uh, while we have it. So yeah, just remaining positive about, but you know, other than that, I don't, I hate when I just like go off on a tangent and start talking about like quarantine and Corona. That's kind of all anyone's talking about. I guess it is relevant, obviously, so it's fine. But other than that, um, I've been keeping up with people. Like I've been kind of social just in the sense of like FaceTiming. I've been FaceTiming with my sister, Megan, a lot, which has been so great. And I FaceTimed the other night with my girlfriend, Dev, and her her actual girlfriend. (laughs) Dev's not my girlfriend, but she is one of my best friends and she's been on an episode on the podcast, but I actually talked to her and her new girlfriend um, on FaceTime for a couple hours the other night and we were drinking, we were taking shots. I mean, I, there is literally no rules in quarantine. Like someone FaceTimes me and all of a sudden we are taking shots of Tito's over face. I don't know what it is. It's happened before. It's happened with Emily June and Drew and Lexi when I FaceTime them. It's just like the mood for quarantine. (laughs) I have no self-control apparently. So that's kind of my weekly catch-up. I mean, I'm sure more stuff will come up in the bops and flops of this week. And I've also still been vlogging. So you can check out my new quarantine vlogs on YouTube if you're interested in like what I'm watching, what I'm doing. 
But I did want to ask you guys for some requests for things that you want to hear about in future episodes. And I do have a lot of ideas. I just also want to kind of like make sure I am doing episodes that interest you guys and not necessarily only stuff that I think is a good idea, but stuff that you guys would be interested in hearing. So please uh, spam me. Honestly, I'm asking you guys to spam the unfiltered with Lindsay Hughes DMs. (laughs) That is the best way to send me your ideas. And I would love to hear what you guys want me to talk about more, whether it's like dating, relationships, sex, um, or, you know, advice or anything besides that too. I mean, I've had a lot of different topics come in, so don't feel like any idea, you know, is too crazy because that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is going into more unfiltered and a little bit more uncomfortable sometimes topics to talk about. I have a freaking eyelash or hair in my eye and it's really affecting me right now. So please spam me on the unfiltered podcast Instagram with um, ideas. And that of course is always linked in the show notes. If you want to follow it, it's at unfiltered with Lindsay Hughes. I literally say this every week, but it is just like actually the, probably the only way to really be involved in actually asking questions and topics for the podcast, because like that's where I post to my story to get the questions for you guys for the podcast. I feel like it's more niche than me going on my like public story and asking you guys for questions so that if you want to actually see that stuff and like be able to ask questions for episodes like the one today all those people follow the unfiltered account and they are going to be the first ones to be able to like ask questions and have their ideas submitted and now it's time for one of the best parts of the episodes in my opinion our bops and flops of the week All right, you guys, starting it off with flops. I only have a couple that I could think of for this week because I have had a really good week, but obviously, you know, there are things that come up. My first flop is a tragic flaw that I've always had in my personality, and it is overthinking. It's a very just big part of my personality, unfortunately. But yeah, I would just say that like I have definitely found myself overthinking a lot and kind of just like going through all these scenarios in my head of different things. And it's so like I know that it's so unnecessary and kind of pointless to do that because like you never know what's going to happen with a situation and you just kind of have to like ride the wave and let things happen naturally. But it has just always been something that I feel like I cannot stop doing. It's just always overthinking situations and worrying about certain things and I don't know just getting like too caught up in other people's thoughts and opinions of me I guess you could say so yeah that's that's a tragic flaw and that one has definitely come up over the past week my next flop And my last flop that I could at least think of for this week is, I don't know why I necessarily put this on here because I didn't want to go into detail with it just because it is personal, but basically just dealing with some personal life stuff that, um, you know, has just been a little bit, a lot lately and I don't feel comfortable sharing it. So maybe I shouldn't have even brought it up, but it definitely has been affecting the week a little bit and making things a little bit sad and I'm also causing me to like overthink and worry a little bit but kind of a separate tangent from what I was talking about with my overthinking in general so I'm just gonna kind of leave it there okay but let's move on to our bops of the week let's get 
positive up in here. Uh, my first bop of the week is, I kind of already talked about this a little bit, but just like getting back into dating. <laughs> yes, dating during the quarantine. So it's not typical dating, but I'm back in the game, you guys. And uh, I, I, like for now, I'm not gonna share more than that. But yeah, feeling good about, you know, romance and this year in general and I'm just feeling like good about myself feeling like very vulnerable and open to new things but at the same time it's like that's definitely terrifying but it's also very exciting not having that feeling for so so long because I was you know in a really long term relationship and I wasn't ready for a really long time to start beginning to even talk to people again like not even dating just even talking to people that was really not important to me for the first like four or five months after my breakup but I finally and this actually leads me to um Oh, wait, no, this isn't. I thought I put this in another one of my bops, but I guess this was just kind of like going off of that. Um, oh, no, I did. I put this. I put this in my bop. Um, this, this next bop says, I've made a lot of progress in the past about six months emotionally and just um, personally. And I, I do just feel so much more balanced. And I don't know if this is the right word, but like secure, I think balanced is a better word for how I feel emotionally and in my head and with my mental health. And I don't think I realized for how long last year, basically, um, I was just really lost and I was accepting a lot for myself that I knew I, you know, wasn't happy and I deserved more but at the same time like there were certain great things so I was just in a, such a different place emotionally six months ago and I've been kind of reflecting on that and it really is true that time really heals you so that's something you know that I feel really good about <laughs> finally like yes bitch Okay, and my last bop, which I think I already actually mentioned this one as well, is communicating a lot with my sister at this time. Like we had a really cute little FaceTime the other day and I've, I've been talking to her a lot and I've been feeling really good about that. She's my best friend, you guys know. So it's been really nice to talk with her and also just like FaceTiming with my family and my friends as well has really been keeping me going. And I think I talk about that like every single week since quarantine started, but it's just made me really appreciative of you know, talking to people and staying in contact, even though, you know, we're all like staying at home. So that has definitely been some bops in my week for the past couple of weeks. And now that is pretty much everything. Those are the bops and flops of the week. So I guess now I need to take a chug of wine because it's about to get real up in here. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's get into it. Let's talk about the past, you know, how long have I been going to festivals? And you guys kind of asked a few questions about like, how did I get into uh, the scene and start going to things and all of that? So I guess I'll quickly like go into that, even though it's not super interesting. I started going to concerts, you know, like in high school. I feel like that's very, a lot of people go to concerts in high school. And then I started getting into more electronic music and then in 2013 
Uh, I went to my first bass actor show and that has to probably be like, I went to shows actually before that. So that wasn't like the one thing that got me into like starting to go to shows, but that definitely brought me more into like the, um, bass music and just like in general, the festival community. So, and also like I was out of high school, so I could, you know, go to these like festivals. A lot of them are 18 and up. So, you know, before that I wasn't really going to things like that. So yeah, I would, so I would say, you know, end of 2013 into the early part of 2014, that's when I started going to festivals. Um, and that's kind of how I got into the scene, I guess you could say. So (laughs) it's been about, I'm 25 now. I'm 25 and a half. Shit, you guys. I'm getting up there. Not really, but you know what I mean? I'm just like, damn, the time is uh, flying by. Like, I'm already 25 and a half. So I guess I've been going to festivals since I was about 19. So I do, you know, have a lot of stories. And also, that's just a time in your life. You know, like, even going from being, even going from being, like, in high school age to age 21 when you can like legally drink there's just so much change and like experimenting and everything that happens I I mean I I believe for most people and even after that too um so you know it's just like a time where you're really growing up and changing and you're experimenting with new things and meeting new people and I had a lot of lifestyle changes as well like obviously you guys know that I moved uh, across the country and I had like a completely new friend group and Uh, just a lot more freedom in general to be able to like do fun things like this and to be able to travel and go see live music and go to festivals and obviously you guys know that camping festivals are what I'm primarily going to be talking about in this episode not exclusively but you know city festivals and camping festivals I could you know go on about this but they're very different and it's very different cultures so I will say that if you have never been to like a camping festival, it might be a a little bit hard to, I'm not saying this in a way to be like annoying, like, oh, you wouldn't know. You can't like relate to what I'm talking about. It's not that. It's just more, um, it's probably going to be a little bit harder to like understand because it's just more of a, like once you do it once, you kind of know that community and you know what that experience is like. Like you're essentially living at this music festival, you're camping, you're living with a group of people essentially for, you know, four or five days and you're spending like every day and every night together. And yeah, that's not like that long, but you really do, you know, form such a bond and you're, you know, basically like the festival is your, it's your world for that time that you're there. So I don't know if I'm getting really weird right now or like starting this off wrong, but I did kind of want to like preface it with, you know, it, it could be hard to understand some of these experiences and stories from my perspective, if you haven't like done it and you haven't experienced it. So just like keep an open mind because you guys wanted to hear about this from me because I do like to keep a lot of things to myself. And there there are a lot of things that I will never share, to be completely honest, just because they're way too personal or way too just something that I don't feel comfortable sharing. But there are a lot of things that I will open up and talk about because either I think they're funny or entertaining. You know, content, baby, content. You guys, you guys know. So I was kind of thinking about how I wanted to do this episode if I wanted to do like just 
straight up telling stories or if I wanted to like answer you guys's questions. So I thought I would kind of mix both in to the episode and like in general, I'm going to have a question, but then I could go off of that and go into a story that relates to the question or whatever. Um, so we're going to start off light. We're going to start off chill, relaxed, and we will get more deep as we go. We'll get more absurd per se. I like to say absurd, you know, it's just kind of like a funny word. We'll get into more, some more absurd moments and stories as we go. In general, I got a question or a couple questions about favorite sets that you've seen. Obviously, this is not a crazy question, but I did think it would be like fun to talk about. And obviously there is hundreds, if not multiple, I mean, multiple hundreds of sets that I have seen at this point, but I tried to think of like some of the top ones that were very personal to me. So probably the first time I saw Grizz was one of like the most eye-opening experiences into festival life and, um, the EDM community. And he usually plays at sunset time at a festival, which is just like the most magical time when it's finally getting like not as hot it's cooling down and the sun is fucking setting and you're seeing live beautiful music so if you guys have ever gotten to see grizz he is absolutely one of like the most energetic fun sets to see at a festival so i've seen several of his sets now um probably like close to 10 but i definitely think my first my first one and also bonnaroo 2016 were some of his best and then obviously Obviously, Bass Nectar. I mean, I don't even need to talk about (laughs) how many times I have seen Bass Nectar. You guys know it is my life. You know that that community is a huge, huge part of my life if you know me. And I know a lot of you guys are also bass heads. So yeah, we don't even really need to get into that one. And I honestly would have to think about it very, very hard if I tried to decide on my favorite base nectar set I've ever seen because there's just been so many like there's been 10 to 20 that stick out so much to me so I don't necessarily have a favorite um but obviously his sets in general (laughs) that is like a huge part of why I go to music festivals is a lot of times you know I get to see him with my best friends and it's just one of my favorite things to do in life (laughs) another one is Odessa. I'm sure a lot of you guys know Odessa. And uh, I think they started popping off. I think I started seeing Odessa probably in 2015. Could have been 2014, but definitely those first few sets I ever saw from Odessa were some of the most special and beautiful. They are incredible live. If any of you guys ever, you know, get the chance or have already seen them, I'm sure you know that. Another one is my favorite band of all time, the Lumineers. (laughs) So I've gotten to see the Lumineers, I think at two or three music festivals. And obviously it's like some of the best shit of my life, like so special to me because they, over the past like two years, they have become my favorite band. And so seeing them live is like such a beautiful freaking spiritual religious experience for me as like somebody who knows all the lyrics and really really like connects with their music so very special to me whenever I do get to see the Lumineers they're not at a ton of festivals that I go to but every so often I get lucky 
some others i guess i'm kind of like going into this question a lot but sylvan esso is a great band they are always incredible live and then nako and medicine for the people is one of my top favorite festival sets i've ever seen in my entire life their music means so much to me so uh, my first year of electric forest which was in 2016 i was on shrooms and i went to their set and i had actually i had seen them before probably about two times or something so it was my first set but that set was just not only because I was on shrooms it was just like the energy of the people and the music it was one of the best festival sets I've ever been to like so special um another great 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 performer 21 pilots I will go see them anytime I'm somewhere where I can see them and then my queen lord as far as festivals go, you know, she's kind of more rare. She doesn't live in the U.S., so she's not always at the U.S. festivals. But I have gotten to see her at my first Coachella ever and then the last Coachella I went to, which was like 2017. So I got to see both albums performed live. And those were definitely my favorite sets of like the entire Coachella weekend. And then um, Frank Ocean and Tame Impala I got to see at... Um, Panorama, which is a festival that used to be in New York. I don't think they have it anymore or like they took a break or something. But yeah, I finally got to see Frank Ocean. He's so hard to see. Like he never tours basically. If you guys are a Frank Ocean fan, you probably know that. So even getting to see him live was just so crazy. I couldn't believe that I actually like made it happen. And then um, Tame Impala is so fun to see live. Like such a great festival performance so those are some of my favorites there's so many more than that you guys but those are some top ones from the past like six years that I was reflecting on okay another question I got and I got a few that were a bit similar to the wording of this one but it is do you feel pressured or feel like you have to take substances at festivals at least once and uh, so I think how they're wording this is like, you know, do you feel the pressure going to music festivals to be on something? And my answer has definitely changed over the years. I mean, so at this at this point where I'm at in my life, I only drink and smoke weed at festivals, but that is like a newer thing. I only started doing that like about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And uh, I've talked about my reasons for that on my Patreon page, but I have very many reasons for that. It's not necessarily that I don't want to. It's actually just that my body, for the most part, like um, doesn't accept substances anymore. It's something that is very personal for me. I've changed how I feel the last couple of years and I used to always do something. Like I used to always have a day at a festival where I would take acid and I used to always have at least one day where I'd take Molly and pretty much all my friends would do exactly the same. Like if you have been to festivals, you know that that's not a weird thing. Um, obviously like staying safe. I've talked about that in my videos so much, like the importance of staying safe. So just keep that in mind with anything that I tell you guys, like, um, you know, making sure to stay hydrated and know where you're at and not mixing a bunch of things and all that kind of stuff. But to answer the question, I actually do kind of feel pressured a little bit because 
now I'm like one of the only people that doesn't take anything. And obviously that's totally my choice and my decision. I will typically just be drinking. And a lot of people that I'm with typically will be, you know, tripping or rolling or whatever it is, whatever like they feel like doing. And obviously that's just a part of going to festivals. It's very normal. But I do feel not necessarily pressured by my friends. I just feel a little bit pressured almost by like, just knowing that like I'm kind of one of the only ones that's choosing not to I guess like take anything and have a substance experience but that is obviously like me trying to prevent myself from throwing up or being overwhelmed on acid or whatever it is and I've had a lot of great experiences probably more great experiences than not great experiences of being on substances at shows and festivals But in general, my body does not really accept those things anymore. Um, Like I said, I'll just like get really nauseous and vomit if I take something. So um, unfortunately, that didn't always happen. That started happening to to me when I was probably like 22 or something like that. But before that, it, it never happened. So very strange how your body can kind of like change. And I honestly feel like it's my body talking to me being like, hey, you don't need this. You know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, I don't know if I, (laughs) I hope I answered that question and I can go into more detail with this. And like I said, I talk about this a lot on my Patreon. So, um, you can always go watch those videos if you are interested in a little bit more of like me talking about substances, because yes, I will talk about that stuff on the podcast, but I definitely am not going to open up about it as much on this platform just because it's a bigger platform. And, um, so I open up a lot more about it to my tinier group of patrons. Also, I need to drink more wine. I'm like not even tipsy. Okay, so hopefully I answered that question, but let's get into another one, and that is somebody just said Bonnaroo stories, and I kind of love this. I've been to three Bonnaroo's now, and I definitely have some stories. Bonnaroo is kind of a wild place. It was my first camping music festival in 2014, and it is such a fun one, but it's kind of like a crazy one. Like there, You'll see some shit at Bonnaroo. So let's see. I mean, my first year was so fun. It was just me and my sister. It was both of our first times camping ever, like literally my first time camping in my entire life and our first Bonnaroo. We were so unprepared in the sense of like, we didn't have a canopy. We only had a tent in our car, (laughs) but it was so fun. Like we were fully unprepared. And I feel like that happens a lot with like your first camping festival, but we had the best time ever. I remember, I think that was one of my first times tripping at a music festival. And I think Megan and I both took acid on the same day. And uh, all I remember is (laughs) I was so giggly, like... (laughs) It was so freaking fun. I was just laying in the grass on my blanket with Megan. I remember like for some reason, like that weekend, Vampire Weekend stands out to me so much. Like I think just like seeing that set while I was tripping for some reason, I was very just like... That was one of my like happiest moments of the weekend, but that weekend was so awesome. It was so great. Um, I had such a fun time with Megan. And then in 2015, me and Megan drove to Bonnaroo. Like we road tripped there from LA. So from 
California to Tennessee. It took us like four days, but it was such an iconic time. It was incredible. 2015. Well, no, 2014 was definitely the best year because it was like my first year. Um, I don't remember anything way too distinct happening in 2015. Um, definitely had a great time. And then 2016, we camped with like a big group of friends from high school and like a couple other people as well. And this was a little bit of a crazy thing that happened. Also really like sad. So I don't want to go into it way too much, but basically, cause it's not like necessarily my story to tell, but um, something wild that Megan and I were like reflecting on that happened that weekend was like at our campsite, we were just sitting around the campsite, like drinking casually and like smoking weed. And so the boys were doing like gravity bong hits, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are probably familiar with. I personally like cannot take them. I mean, if I do take it, I just am way too high, like to the point of like being anxious, high. And so I don't really like them. So I don't typically do them, but, um, And I think that was the problem with somebody that was at our campsite. Uh, She like took one and I don't think she was used to smoking weed at all. And she basically like had a full ass seizure in the middle of our campsite just from smoking weed. Like she wasn't on anything. And so we had like, you know, medical come over because she was like fully seizing on the ground, like grabbing her mouth and like her eyes were rolling back in her in her head and it was wild. And they came over and they they totally thought like, what has she taken? She must have taken like something crazy, like having a horrible reaction. And we were like, to be completely honest, like she just smoked one hit of weed. Like it was it was so wild. So she went to medical tent and she ended up like sleeping it off and kind of like chilled out the rest of the weekend. But that was like really, that was really sad. Megan and I reflecting on, on that. We were like, that was so sad and just so crazy to like experience that. Cause I've never really like seen that happen up close. And then also another year at Bonnaroo, I don't necessarily remember what year, but I'm going to introduce you guys to something that I have personally never done before. And I have no interest in doing, but if you know anything about festival culture, you might've heard of something called boofing. This is so absurd, but I mean, I've never tried it, but boofing is basically putting some type of drug up your butt. So it hits you faster. Okay. So this is a thing. I don't hang out with anybody that does it that I know of not to, you know, provide, I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm just saying it's like, it's a lot when you could just take the substance in, you know, the proper way, like in your mouth or whatever. Um, but you know, some people are really into boofing and it's kind of like a meme, like almost like a joke, uh, boofing, <laughs> but I know that like some people actually do it. So, um, I saw with my own two eyes at Bonnaroo at like six in the morning one year, I was at my friend's campsite and I saw two grown men. There's a thing called a boof assist. I'm not even making this up. You guys, a boof assist is a real thing. Basically when you put drugs up somebody else's butt for them. Okay, so I saw a grown man give another man a boof assist at six in the morning. And all I'm going to say is it was fucking absurd. And at that point, I was like, okay, I've got to go to bed. (laughs) Walked back to my campsite, went to sleep. I was like, I think because like the sun was literally rising. I'm like, I think I've been out too long tonight. I don't do that anymore. I cannot stay out until the sun rises at festivals. Like so many of my friends can. And I'm full. I fully hit a point where I'm like, 
too tired and too old to do that anymore. But uh, I used to definitely stay out like so fucking much later. Anyway, that was probably one of the most absurd things I've ever seen at Bonnaroo. Other than that, I mean, just so many great memories. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other absurd things. <laughs> There's a lot of things that have happened at Bonnaroo, but those were kind of like some of the funny ones that I was reflecting on. And I have a lot more stories too. So let's, uh, let's keep going. Uh, another substance related question was, is the stereotype that everyone is constantly on drugs true? Haha. <laughs> I think that, no, this is not necessarily true. Everybody is not constantly on drugs. There are so many people that go to festivals that just drink or just like smoke a little weed, or honestly, there's plenty of people that go that are sober. Um, but I would say, you know, in general, you are going to definitely find like more people at night will be on drugs or just really drunk than not on drugs, but it's definitely not true that everybody is on drugs. I mean, there's certain festivals that, yeah, like the majority, I don't know what percentage it would be. <laughs> I don't know how you would really test for that. There's definitely like certain festivals that more people would like definitely be on drugs than other festivals. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of drugs in the EDM scene in general, um, but that's not to say like only EDM, like the jam band festivals and community, there's probably a lot of people tripping. So, uh, and just like getting really drunk. So it kind of just, you know, it depends, but I would say, no, this stereotype is not necessarily true. Um, there definitely are probably more people that are on drugs than not on drugs, but, but I have a lot of nights at festivals now where like, I just drink or honestly, like I might be sober for half the day or whatever. And so I'm, I guess, part of the people that are not <laughs> constantly on drugs, but I guess I used to definitely always take something. So I don't know what side I'm necessarily on of this. Time for some more wine. I feel like I'm really not tipsy enough for this episode. I should have drank in a full glass before I started recording. The next question made me laugh because <laughs> it's relatable to my life. And it is, ever had a festival boyfriend or best friend that you never saw again? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This one is so relatable to my life. And <laughs> I've had so many festival boyfriends. Like, and what I mean by that is it's somebody that when I was single, I went to a festival and started talking to them or they started talking to me or whatever the situation was. And then like we buddied up and hung out the entire weekend from that point on. And obviously you guys know that that happened with my ex-boyfriend and we actually dated for two and a half years after that. So one of my festival boyfriends was actually very successful, but all of the other ones, um, trying to think if I've seen them again. I've had several festival boyfriends that I know I'll never see again. <laughs> um, and I, like I said, like when I'm single and I go to a festival, I do, I honestly like to have a man that I find. I find that it's fun to just have someone to buddy up with and kind of have someone to like dance and whatever with and maybe cuddle at night or maybe just like get excited to see them the next day it's just really fun to have a little like festival fling it's very like cute and innocent and I don't know why I just I really like it when I when I'm single like that is like my go-to um but no I definitely have had like 
three or four festival boyfriends that I never talked to again. Well, actually, no, not that I never talked to again, but just that I never saw again, which was the question. Yeah, there's definitely been several. (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to tell a story that I honestly never thought I would share this before. Like the only people that know that this has happened to me are like my sister and a couple of my very close friends, but it's kind of too funny to not share it. In this episode, even though it's kind of embarrassing to be completely honest, like once I get to the end of the story, like you'll understand why. But looking back on it, like it was very innocent until something happened at the end, which I'll get into it. Okay, so speaking of like having festival boyfriends, whatever. So I went to Life is Beautiful in Vegas one year, and the first night I met my festival boyfriend for the weekend. Okay, so me and him like met up. This wasn't a camping festival, so we basically had to like meet up every day when we got there and this was only like a three-day festival so I didn't spend too much time with this person but you know what I mean he was you know my prospect for the weekend so how we ended up meeting was um we were like at a set I was holding a drink I think I was 21 at this time and when we first started talking I don't remember like how we started talking but um at some point we like asked each other how old each other was and I was 21 and he said he was 19 Okay. So at this point in my life, I'm like, that's not that weird. Like you got, if you guys know me, you know that I'm trying to really get out of this phase right now. I think I'm finally exiting the phase of being into younger men, but I've had this phase for the last like freaking three, four years where I've just been like into slightly younger guys, not exclusively, but, and they're not that much younger. They're like two or three years younger. Okay. So (laughs) it's just, I don't know why this was a phase for me that I was like a slight cougar. And that's not that much of a cougar, to be honest. Like I could, it could be so much more of a cougar, but um, I'm really trying to exit this phase in my life right now, to be honest, because it's not, it has not worked out well for me. Like I need, I think at least my age or older of a man. (laughs) Okay. But back then, like I said, so he was 19, I was 21. And I I didn't think that that was weird. I was like, okay, like, that's cool. So I pursued him as my festival boyfriend for the weekend. And we hung out the whole weekend. We were talking about so much. He's talking to me about, like, he goes to college in Vegas, whatever. He, like, lived in Vegas. And he was telling me about his school and his life and all that, his family, all that stuff. So whatever, whatever. We hang out the whole weekend. Um, It comes that it's the last night of the festival, okay? After the festival, we, like, took a lift. After that, we went and drove around because it was like late at night and I wanted uh, to go see like a little view spot. Like I basically asked him like, is there a little like spot you can drive up to and we can like look at the view? Um, Cause it was like my last night in Vegas. (laughs) So he's like, yeah. And so we go up to the spot, we drive up there and guys, like it was wild. I guess this place had been known for, I mean, it wasn't wild. There was no one there, but what I mean was, I guess like this place had been known for teenagers and younger kids, maybe kids in their twenties going up there and like drinking and just like sitting and looking at the view. Okay. So there wasn't anyone else there when we went, like I said, it was pretty late at night. It was probably like 1am or something, but we went up there. We were literally there for like five minutes. Like we were not there for long at all. We were just kind of like chilling, talking and just like enjoying our last moments together. (sighs) Guys, this is 
This is so embarrassing, but I have to share it because honestly, it's really fucking funny. Okay, so a police car rolls up behind my rental car and he like makes us get out and he's like, what are you guys doing up here? We're like, we were just looking at the view, like I'm on vacation, we're just hanging out, whatever. So at some point, uh, I guess we like weren't supposed to be up there late at night. I don't know. I thought it was really, really weird. We were completely sober and we just had like driven up there to literally just like hang out and talk. Okay. But I guess it was like, you know, late at night. So the cop, like at one point, like he asked for both of our IDs or whatever. And then at some point he like brings the guy I was with back to like the back of the car and they're like talking separately so I couldn't hear what was going on and then he comes back and he's like I have to drive blah 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 the guy's name home but you can go to me he's like but you can go home have a good night so honestly at this point like I didn't know what was happening I fully didn't register anything in my brain yet but it leads to um Guess what, you guys? The reason he had to be driven home by the cop was because he lied to me about how old he was and told me he was 19 and he was actually 17. Yep. So he was underage out on like a fucking Sunday night after curfew at 1 a.m. And once the cop got his ID, he realized he was underage. And I think he didn't want to like embarrass him or whatever in front of me, which was pretty nice. So he went to talk to him in the back and was like, you know, she's older than you. Like I was 21 at this point, you guys. And I did, had no fucking, I didn't lie about my age. So this was so messy. Like so, 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 so messy that this whole thing happened. But I try to tell myself like, yes, obviously it's embarrassing. But at the same time, like I was fully lied to and I was naive and I didn't. The, the guy that I, this guy, like he definitely looked older. He looked like he was definitely 19. He was kind of like jacked. He was very fit. He was tall. He was like a bigger, more fit guy. Anyway, that's like one of the most embarrassing, but kind of funny things that's ever happened to me from one of my festival boyfriends. So now, um, ever since that point, I've been like scarred when guys tell me their age and they're younger than me. And I'm like, I just hope you're not lying to me. Like, I hope that you're actually like as old as you are, because when I first met Sean, he also lied to me about his age by like two years. He was 19 and he told me he was 21. So I've had, you know, I've had this happen to me, you guys. But I think it's a thing that younger guys would do when they clearly know that you're like drinking and you're over 21. And then once you tell them your your age, they don't want to sound like they're like really young and whatever, immature. But I just don't agree with lying about your age. (laughs) So that is a wild thing that actually happened to me. And obviously I was super fucking pissed. Yeah. Obviously like you just didn't tell me that the whole time. Like you were never going to tell me. And then like I found out, so I was really pissed and he tried to like apologize to me or whatever, but I was just like, you know, I mean, we're never going to see each other again. Obviously like that was just so absurd. (laughs) So yeah, I'm really like outing myself on this podcast, but to be honest, like that is, (laughs) that is something that happened to me, you guys. And honestly, that could happen to anyone. I mean, regardless of like, if you're a guy or a girl, like anyone could lie to you about something like that. So it's really strange, but you know, I was too trusting back then. Uh, Do not lie about your age to people, guys. I don't think that it is a good thing to do. 
All right, guys, let's move on from that very tragic story to something else that is also tragic. And that is the question of, in regards to substance, have you ever had any scary experiences? Um, so yes, the answer is fully yes. Um, and I don't want to get too dark here because um, most of my experiences with, you know, whether it's ecstasy or acid or shrooms, most of them have been good and have been like fun to have in my life. I never want to be the person to like spark fear when I talk about substances because I do think that everyone should just like do their research and do what feels right for them and don't don't let like fear of something, you know, be the only thing that you think about it. But at the same time, like everyone should, like I said, make their own decisions. Anyway, yeah, I have. I'm trying to think probably one of, I've had several like bad trips and I've definitely had not great trips at festivals. Um, probably one of like the most memorable ones was kind of a combination of things as to what made it made it bad. And it, I mean, it wasn't like horrendous, but I'll kind of get into it. So I went to the festival Huluween and I've only been one year, but honestly, I would go back. It was like a great festival. I went to the festival Huluween in 2016. So this was a while ago. And, um, so I flew into Florida and the night before the, like we drove to the festival in the morning, I slept at my friend's place and my flight had gotten in really late and also, um, like late that night before. And also we had to leave super early to drive to the festival grounds in the morning. Like that was the plan. So I think we were leaving, you know, at like 6 or 7 a.m. or something like that and I flew in late and then me and my friend hadn't seen each other in a while so we were kind of talking for several hours and basically I just like couldn't sleep even after that I couldn't sleep well that night like I probably slept for like 45 minutes or an hour that entire night before the festival so before like four days of partying and staying up very 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 late into the night going to a festival so that's always a big regret you know because you're going into a weekend where you're already not going to be getting much sleep and you're going to be destroying your body (laughs) um with staying up so late and you know drinking and doing other things so that was already bad so basically like I went into the whole weekend with like one hour of sleep, 45 minutes of sleep. And then the first night of the festival, pretty much everyone was like taking acid. So I think I only had a small amount. Like I, I think I only had like one tab, which is basically one dose. And at this point in my life, like I tripped for pretty much like most music festivals. Like I would have like a day that I took a tab of acid. So it was not like a big thing for me. It was a very common thing to do. It was the first night that I was at this festival. It was like me and all my friends were like, yeah, let's take a tab. And then like, let's go see the music. So I did. And, um, I just had, I was tripping too hard. I don't know why. I think the acid was just really strong. Also, I think it was a combination of several things such as my lack of sleep from the night before. And then I hadn't like napped the whole day. So I was just like, I had been awake for so many hours basically and like traveling before that and everything like that. And then I like didn't do that great of a job of eating before I took the acid. Like I, I think I had like a smoothie, which is very like not hardly anything to put in your stomach. It's basically, you know, like a drink, like frozen fruit and ice, you know what I mean? So 
And that's definitely like a thing that you have to think about if you're going to be taking something, you need to make sure that like you've had food and that you have water and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely had water, but, um, I just feel like I was tripping really hard and, um, parts of it were good. Like parts of it were really fun. We went to see, I think the stray cheese incident that night as well as several other, um, acts, but I definitely was like feeling my acid the most at <laughs> that set and, um, something interesting that has never happened to me since um tripping but something that I noticed that night I think it was just because I was like I said tripping hard but I know this might sound really crazy to any of you guys that like haven't had an experience with a psychedelic but if you have maybe something like this has happened when you were tripping so basically like I was watching my friends dance and like I said, everyone was kind of tripping. So everyone was kind of on that same like energy and wavelength. And, um, this sounds really weird what I'm going to say, but I was watching my friends, like almost, it looked like they, this is sounds so fucking weird. I don't even know if I should say it, but it looked like they're like passing a little like light ball of energy in between them when they were dancing. And I know that they weren't, but I know that also when you are tripping and you're having, you know, a spiritual experience that you can, you know, access a lot more realms, honestly. And I have had like something else besides like that happened to me when I was tripping before in the past. So it wasn't like the first time I'd ever noticed something like this, but it basically looked like they were passing around a little light ball of energy, the way that they were dancing with each other. (laughs) And like I said, I know that sounds weird, but it was super, super interesting. And I was just super focused on it. And like, I was watching it for a really, really long time. And I thought that it was really cool. (laughs) Um, So yeah, not only that, but I was like, I was too fucked up in the sense of like, I was lying in the grass on the ground and I was tripping and I was having a good time. Like I was listening to the music. I was feeling the energy, but I didn't want to get up and dance. Like, I think it was just because my body was so tired. I just wanted to lie in the grass. But I remember people kept like, because people are very caring at music festivals. People kept coming down and like people that I didn't even know were, were like, are you okay? Like, are you doing all right? They were checking on me. And I kept like in my head, you know, because I was tripping, I was like, do I look like I'm insane right now? But it really wasn't that weird. I was just kind of lying on the ground listening to the music. It's really not that strange. I just didn't want to dance, but I was still having a good time. But, you know, obviously people don't want me to be like dead or like having, you know, a freak out down there alone. So they're just kind of making sure that I was good. But I remember so many people asked me if I was okay that I started in my head being like, am I okay? And then just from that point on, I got like, I just embarrassed myself. I feel like for the rest of the night, cause I was too tripping. And I think I was kind of overthinking in my head and I was kind of like spiraling. So I remember at one point, like I lost my shoes. Like, I think I had like taken off my shoes at some point. And on the way we were like walking back to the campsite at the end of the night, it was like really dark and really late. And I just like had lost my shoes. <laughs> so I was freaking out about that. And then I remember I got back to the campsite and it was my first time like camping at this festival. And the campgrounds were very, very, very dark. They didn't have like any lights up. And I remember just cause I was tripping and I didn't have my bearings yet of like where the campsite was and where the bathrooms are. Like I just got like fully lost and it was really scary. But some, at some point, like some kind girl really found me and helped me and like all that stuff. Um, and then like to top it all off, like I, of course I remember that I did this and probably my friends that I was with, like it didn't even matter to them at all, but 
I just remember like I went back into their tent at the end of the night. It was so late at night. I needed to go to sleep and I like spilled an entire like giant thing of water like in their tent, inside their tent. And I just felt such an idiot. I was like, Ugh. I just keep fucking up, you know, like in my head, I was like, God damn it. And it was literally all because I was just like sleep deprived and on acid. And I shouldn't have taken acid that night, but I thought it would be fun. So, I mean, that's not like a horrible experience, but it's definitely like, I remember also after that, like I couldn't fall asleep. I, even though I was so fucking tired, it was because I was still tripping. I went back to my tent and I could not fall asleep. And I was like, and I was alone. I was camping. Like, well, I wasn't camping alone, but I was in my tent alone. And I remember I like, called my sister and I was like, Megan, I'm freaking out right now. Like, I need to fall asleep, but I can't fall asleep and I'm tripping. And she talked to me on the phone, which was really nice. But I remember I just the next day I woke up and I was like, acid, not again <laughs> or like not for a long time. And it wasn't only the acid. I just needed sleep. But I apologized to my friends the next day and I don't think just because I was like I feel like I embarrassed myself and they were like Lindsay you're totally fine so I think more of anything I think I just felt like I kept doing embarrassing things and like fucking up but really obviously it could have been a lot worse like I found my way back to my tent and I got some sleep and I was okay but um that was not a good night (laughs) but you know sometimes that shit happens and sometimes you're like why you know did I feel like I needed to have this experience tonight but you know I just moved on from it I still honestly had a great weekend after that like the first night was hard but then after that I had a fabulous weekend and the rest of the weekend it was great okay guys I just had to take a break because I'm so out of breath like (laughs) telling all these stories and doing solo episodes like I have to take breaks because I'll be talking so fast but like I you can you can really hear that I get out of breath but let's move on to a new question that is uh, in regards to festivals, what is your advice for someone who doesn't know much about them and wants to get into them? So, um, well, right now is obviously a very strange time because who knows when there's going to actually like be festivals happening again. Like it could not be for the rest of the year. Nobody really knows. Um, but, you know, putting that besides beside us or whatever, putting that on the side. And say my advice for someone who doesn't know much about them and wants to get into them is just to start researching. Uh, You could watch festival after movies on YouTube and kind of get a little bit of like what it looks like. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, if you type in like a festival name, you know, like Bonnaroo or Electric Forest or Lollapalooza or... Austin City Limits and then like festival after movie there's always people on YouTube that are you know making videos about what it looks like and what the inside is like and all that stuff so I'd say that's like a good place to start and then just you know researching different lineups even from the past like few years and seeing what you know appeals most to you and obviously like in terms of traveling like what you're comfortable going to and all that kind of stuff and then I would try to like you know, obviously you can totally go alone. And I actually got a question about that that I'll answer at the end. But uh, maybe if you can try and pick like one or two or even a small group of people that you know that maybe you're into music festivals or live music that would maybe want to go with you. Or even if it's just like one friend or a family member, like, like what I said, my sister and I first started going to 
camping festivals together. Um, it was like just me and her for a lot of it, but still like, that's honestly all you need. (laughs) Or obviously if you have a big group of people that you can like meet up with there, that's always great too. So yeah, I would say to just like start doing some research and research some, you know, artists that have played in the past and maybe decide on like one or two things that you would want to go to in the next year or two and research, you know, how do I get tickets for this festival? Cause if you're going to go to something that's really, really big and always sells out, you know, you want to make sure you're going to be able to know when the tickets are going on sale and when the lineup drops. So you can research all that stuff. I mean, Reddit is a great tool and also just like Googling questions that you have. So I just do some good old fashioned research and decide, you know, what you want to put your time and money into and just take it from there. Somebody asked me differences between going to a fest with and without a significant other. I thought this was a good question. Um, I definitely don't ever feel like you should feel like, oh, you know, I can only go to this if I'm going to like go with someone. Like it has to be a romantic experience. Like there definitely are a lot of couples at festivals, but more than that, you're going to get like groups of friends and people that are just coming together for this event. So I actually prefer to go single. Um, I feel a lot more free when I go to a festival and I'm single and I, I don't necessarily have to like worry about all that encompasses like being with another person because you know, when you go with your significant other, you're, you're probably going to be with them most of the time. And yeah, that can be so great and so romantic. And I've definitely had several great romantic loving experiences at festivals, but overall I would prefer to be single and to just be able to like fully do my own thing in the sense of like, I can go hang out with different friends or I like being able to know that I can go off and have my own freedom. If I want to go off to a set alone and I don't have to worry about like if another person or another friend even wants to go with me. So I'll do that a lot because I sometimes have a lot of music on the lineup that maybe my friends are going to something different and I still really want to go. So I'll either get, you know, one friend to come along with me or I'll just go alone because I don't want to miss that particular set. So I do that a lot too. And I I do like having the freedom to be able to do that and And so, yeah, I would just say those are some of the main differences, but obviously some of the positives of going with a significant other is, you know, you can like share your tent with them and camp with them, or you guys can obviously just dance together and you can really have a lot of, you know, you can have someone to just be your festival buddy the whole time. Like you probably will be with them the whole time. So if that's something that you really like, then, you know, it can be super, super great, especially if you guys have never like had that experience together and you both have similar, you know, artists that you would want to see live. I definitely think everyone should experience festival if they're already, you know, going to go to a festival with somebody that they love, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner. So, um, just kind of depends, but those are some of the differences that I've experienced. (laughs) Okay. This next one is, hookups at festivals slash craziest, funniest hookup stories. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. If you're like with someone at a festival or dating somebody and you guys want to have sex, but you are camping with other people and sharing like a big tent with other people, you're not going to really be able to have sex. Either you would have to really have time where it's just you guys in the tent or whatever. But even that, like, I, I don't think that that's cool if you're sharing a sleeping space with other people. So I would say, you know, like if you are going as a couple, it would be ideal to have your own tent, which I've definitely done that a lot of the times, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And everyone's kind of like sharing a space. 
So where are you going to have sex? <laughs> like that's a very big thing. There's, there's not that many places to go <laughs> where you wouldn't be like seen if you're at a festival. So what I have found actually has worked for me two times in the past when I was really feel like feeling like having sex with my partner is, um, basically just, and this depends on the festival, but basically walking as just like really far back in the campgrounds, like literally just past tents, past where people are actually camping. And usually the campgrounds are like very, you know, deep in nature. Um, and just walking into whatever nature is back there, you know, the jungle, it might be the jungle, it might be the woods, it might be the farmland. And this might not work at every festival, but it's worked for me at two. <laughs> and then you're basically alone in nature, just you and the person and you can lie down a little, a little blanket or whatever and get it on. So, I mean, to be honest, I've done that a couple of times and it's been really fun and it actually feels like really funny and sneaky because it's like, um, nobody knows except you, but that's probably some of my funniest hookup experiences that I can think of is literally just like, we didn't know where else to go. And like, where else are you going to go if you don't have, you know, just your own tent? So, um, another one <laughs> is... I've gone home with a couple people that I've met at festivals, at like city festivals. Uh, I won't get too much into that. I don't really do that stuff anymore, to be completely honest. But when I was a little bit younger and I was a little more wild, I was more inclined to um, do that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I've kind of changed, honestly, as I've like matured and gotten older, to be honest. Um, and this last one uh, does not involve me, but it was so absurd that this person did this. So this story is so absurd and it started, it started at a music festival. So this was like Tomorrow World, which was this big festival in Atlanta. Um, it's basically, it, they don't have it anymore. It, they went bankrupt and it only lasted, I think, three years or something, like that. maybe two years. I went in 2014 and 2015 and it was really fun. But after that year, it fully got like bankrupt and canceled. Uh, I guess I can go into the story of that really quick um, because <laughs> the last year that I went, it was crazy. So basically what happened in 2015 was there was like a horrific storm. It was raining so, so, so fucking much like the, the days leading up into the festival and the camping and everything like that. So this has happened to me at a couple of festivals because obviously you can't control the weather and mother nature and everything, but it really sucks if you get super, super, super muddy, um, festivals because you're just going to be like trekking through that. And it, the mud actually gets worse throughout the weekend instead of getting better because it just gets, you're literally just like going through all this like crazy liquid mud the whole weekend to get anywhere. And I was like camping in that all the people that went to tomorrow world this year, 2015 were camping in that, <laughs> but honestly, I still had such a fun time this year, but it was this like crazy fucking storm. Basically like to even get to the bathrooms, I had to like get a piggyback ride from like a man because <laughs> I couldn't even trek through the like feet of fucking liquid mud to just walk to the bathroom in the campgrounds. Like 
I honestly was such a good sport this weekend because I just was really, really like diving into camping festivals at this point. And I was like, you know, what's the point of being mad about this if I signed up for like coming to camp at this festival this weekend? So literally having to like get a piggyback ride from a man just to get to the bathroom and just like the festival basically got bankrupt and got canceled because what had happened was I guess there was like such a bad storm that weekend that um they stopped at the end of like the last night I think or maybe it was like the second to last night of the music festival there was you know obviously thousands and thousands of people that went to this thing that needed to a lot of people weren't camping at the festival so they needed to get home to their hotels and this was like right outside of Atlanta. It was probably like 30 or 40 minutes out of Atlanta. So a lot of people were, you know, like staying in that area and they basically, the festival, because of the storm or whatever, they, they weren't letting Ubers and Lyfts and like the buses and stuff come up to get people that needed to leave the festival that night, which is super fucking insane. Like no wonder they went bankrupt because people had to like walk home or like try to just like walk out of the festival and there's like pictures of people like sleeping on top of like pizza boxes and stuff on the side of the road because they wouldn't let like the ubers and people like couldn't come up to get the all the people that needed to go home at the end of the night that weren't camping so i actually was really fucking lucky because i just went back to my tent at the festival and I went to sleep but like for all those other people I mean they didn't have anywhere to go they could they couldn't come in the campgrounds they didn't have tickets for that and um so that was really fucked so that was something like absurd that happened but a little bit unrelated to the question and uh this is an absurd story that happened like so many years ago like this had to have been 2014 okay so this is a story (laughs) I've been prefacing it for so long uh, we're leaving tomorrow world. This actually was, I guess I wasn't camping this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now the first year that I went in 2014, I did not camp. So I was leaving at the end of the night and this was not the year of the storm. So we were allowed to leave. Thank God. We like got an Uber or something and it was like me and one of my really good friends. And then her friend that I had just met that day or like the day before, like I had just met this girl. Okay, so it was us three, and then we ended up meeting these two guys that were going back to like the same part of Atlanta as us, and we ended up like sharing an Uber with them or something, just because like we were like, you know, it makes sense. Let's all just like ride back together. It won't be as expensive. So we did, and we were talking to them a lot, and um, I remember I was like kind of into. I, actually, I was pretty I thought that one of them was really cute (laughs) but um I think my my friend's friend who will not be named she was also kind of I guess interested in this guy we go back to they were staying at a hotel in Atlanta and they kind of like invited us to hang out for a little bit they're like do you guys like once we get back do you guys want to like hang out for a little bit just like chill in our room and we were kind of like down so we're like I mean yeah I guess it sounds fun like if all of us go together like we're having, you know, a good time with these, these two guys. So we did. And I don't remember why we ended up sleeping there because like, we didn't go to like an after party with these guys. Like we literally just went to like 
we literally were just like talking. I don't think anything wild went down. Like we were all just kind of like tired after the day. I think that's what it was. We probably just didn't want to like get an Uber back to my friend's place. So we just, I guess, decided to sleep there. So picture this in your mind. There's two beds, five people. So it kind of had to be three and two. (laughs) So um, the bed situation ended up being that guy that I was talking about, my friend's friend that will not be named, and me in one bed, and then my good friend, who I love to this day, and uh, the other guy in the other bed, okay? And honestly, I thought we were just going to sleep. Like, I thought everyone's just going to sleep, and that is what um, I thought happened. And then, you know, we woke up the next day, and we were like, thank you, haha. Bye guys. Like it was super random. Like nothing, you know, crazy went down that I thought. And then we get in the elevator. It's just me and the two girls. And my friend's friend is like, oh my God. And no judgment, you guys, on this part, but I will get into why I think it's fucked up. She's like, oh my God, I think I'm going to go have to get the morning after pill. And me and my friend are like, what? why like what did we miss what happened and she goes me and that guy had sex and we were like when like what how we were all sharing a hotel room and she's like yeah like we literally just had sex at some point like in the bed in the bed that I was with sleeping or I don't even know if I was asleep when this happened. Honestly, I don't know if this actually happened because years later, you know, my good friend is not friends with this girl anymore and she's been outed as being a little bit wild and a little bit of a schemer and a liar. So I don't know if she was just saying that to try and like be like, oh, he was definitely into me because, like, we literally had sex. Because I feel like how could I have not noticed that, unless I was fully asleep, that two people were having sex in the same bed as me when I was just, like, lying there. And that's been something that I've been so confused about for six years. I'm like, what type of a person would do that? Like, these were, like, double beds. They were small double beds in hotels why would if anything if you guys really wanted to have sex you could have gone to the shower you could have gone in the bathroom like you could have found a way to separate yourself so it just seemed like so insane to me and to be honest I don't know if I actually believe it but I remember that story is so crazy I'm like what type of a person would even do that like it just makes me be like so like how rude do you have to be to like I don't know (laughs) especially if there's other options available like a shower like a bathroom like you guys clearly could have just gone somewhere else if you really wanted to have sex that bad okay so uh let's keep it going (laughs) wildest thing you've experienced at a base nectar show okay um this was really hard for me to think of because there's just been so many shows and um a lot of wild things I guess like it's just a different energy when you're in a crowd at a base nectar show like 
you know, everyone's fucking headbanging. Like everyone's just so into the music. It's just, I mean, it's just a different vibe if you know what I'm talking about. But um, this isn't necessarily super wild. I just thought it was really, really funny when I saw this. So this had to have been like two years ago or something at Electric Forest. And it was the night of Bass Nectar. Uh, it was his set. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess these people brought in through security with them like a, a blow up air mattress, like one of the tall ones. It's kind of like multiple you know, like mattresses in height. It was like a queen size or something. I guess somehow they had brought it in through security, which I mean, that's not that like wild to bring. It's just to keep you comfy. So you can actually at a lot of festivals, you can like get in fucking air mattresses, I guess. Like if you want to bring that into the crowd, like if the security is kind of relaxed, like I think that's something that you're actually like allowed to bring. But I had never seen it before, to be honest. It was like this queen-sized tall air mattress, and these people blew it up in the crowd for bass nectar. And the whole set, they were just like lying down on it. And they were like, everyone obviously was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Like you guys are living the life right now. Like they're just like seeing the set, but like lying down. I don't know, just like on this fucking air mattress. And I, I think like a bunch of people like went over to it and just lied on it during the set and they didn't care. And I just remember, I just thought that was so iconic. I was like, I wish I had thought of this. Like such a fucking good idea. So that's not necessarily super wild, but I thought that it was like funny. But I've heard stories <laughs> of people like bringing grills, like a full fucking like camping grill into the middle of the crowd and like cooking like burgers and like hibachi food and like giving it out to people in the crowds. Like I've heard stories of people making pizzas and like spinning dough of pizzas in the middle of the crowd. All this wild shit, like <laughs> so funny. Like people really just are so creative to be honest. Next one I wanted to answer was, have you ever gone to a concert slash festival alone? Do you have any tips? So um, I definitely think I've gone to couple things alone. I mean, I typically don't. Um, even if I have like, sometimes I'll literally buy two tickets and I have no idea who's going to go with me. And then I'm just like, you know, I'll ask a friend last minute or whatever, but I do pretty much have a story of, you know, I wouldn't say I went to this festival like 100% alone, but um, I arrived alone and I only knew, you know, like one person that was going to be there, but I literally had known them for like two weeks. So I'll kind of tell the story of this because it was kind of funny. So this is my first electric forest, like 2016. Um, so I was fresh off a breakup. Like I was embracing single energy hard and I was like really excited to be going to my first electric forest and being single. So I had, um, known I was going to go to forest and I really only knew like um one of my subscribers actually like she was going that year for the first year as well but I had never met her before and so we were gonna like camp together and like meet up in kind of like a girls squad camping group but like I said like I had never met her um which we did end up meeting that weekend shout out Lisa but that was kind of like my original plan I was like you know I'm just gonna go I'm going to pretty much go alone like I am. I guess it kind of, you know, I 
knew this girl from like online that was going to be there, but I didn't really have like a group to go with. But then it turned out that like one or two weeks before the festival, um, I met this guy in Atlanta and I met him at another festival and he was like from Michigan originally, which is where Electric Force is. And he like went with a group of his friends every year. So he was going and, um, I, he kind of was my, uh, my rebound from my relationship that had ended. And, um, that's a whole other story in itself, um, because it didn't turn out good. But at the time, uh, you know, me and this guy were like talking, whatever, like hooking up over the summer. And, um, I knew he was going to electric forest and I already had like, of course had my ticket and my flight and everything. And so I was like, okay, well like I'll probably see him there. Um, but at the same time, like I didn't really know what was gonna go down. Um, I didn't know like if I was, who I was going to be camping with. I was kind of just like, I'm going to fly there. I flew there completely alone from Atlanta. I took the shuttle in completely alone, (laughs) which I've actually done a lot. I, I do that for a lot of festivals. And then once I like get to the campgrounds, I'll find my friends, but that doesn't really count as like going to a festival alone. Cause you know, like you're going to find your friends. So I'm not saying this necessarily counts. Like I, I have not personally had like a full just going alone experience where I'm like camping alone. Um, so I guess I don't have experience with that. I would do it. And I think I could be really good at it and it could be really, really freeing. I just feel like I know too many people that go to festivals that I'm always going to see somebody that I know, but I think I could make it happen. And I would like to do that at some point in my life, to be honest. Um, but continuing on with the story, I got there and I ended up meeting up with the girls first. Like I remember I told you guys about Lisa, my subscriber, and I ended up like going with them. And I think I ended up camping there for the first like night or something like that. And then I ended up finding like that guy that I was kind of like hanging out with a little bit once I got there. And at some point he was like, you should just like move your stuff over to my campgrounds with, cause he was camping with like 30 people. It was like such a lit big campground. Um, and I wasn't that far away from them. So I was like, okay, like, I'll just like go get my suitcase and like go set up over here. So I moved my stuff over and I ended up camping with him, which was great. Cause he like had his own tent and, um, you know, it was my first forest. So I was like really feeling the, the love, the romantic vibes. Like I was feeling great. I met so many new people. So I basically was like the only person in their group that didn't know anybody and all of them knew each other. So it kind of was almost like I went alone, I guess. I mean, I had like that guy, but, um, I met like all of them and I just was like the new one to the group and it was so so fun like they really accepted me with open arms I bonded with so many new friends that weekend and um the funniest fucking thing that happened that weekend was um (laughs) this is absurd I, I think that this is funny you guys might not think this is funny but so the guy that I'm talking about he had a mustache and only a mustache no other facial hair And it was one of those mustaches that curves up at the ends, okay? And like, I like, I thought he was pretty cute, but I hated his mustache. But you can't just tell someone that you hate their mustache, like, especially if they love it. Guys, you know, some guys are really passionate about their mustaches. (laughs) Like, I know my brother is like that. 
he, we would tell him for years, like, you're just your fucking mustache. Like, it looks really creepy. Like, you should shave it off or, like, get some other facial hair. But some men are so specific about their mustaches. So I think he really liked his mustache. But at some point during that weekend, like, I had made it clear, like, that I thought he would... I This was, like, just absurd. I had made it clear that I thought he would be, like, more attractive or something. I was just like, ah, like, you should shave off your mustache. I just, like, want to see what it looks like. I don't know. Something like that. And this is the craziest thing, you guys. At Electric Forest, they literally have in this area called The Hangar, they have like a barber shop where you can get... I don't know if they still have it. I'm pretty sure they do. You can get like a little shave, a little grooming. I think it might only... I was going to say it's only for guys, but that can't be true because Electric Forest wouldn't just do that. But when I went, it was only guys that were getting their hair like trimmed or whatever. And this is the crazy part, you guys. Like on the last day of the festival... He literally went and shaved, got his mustache shaved off for me because I wanted it gone. (laughs) It's so crazy. Honestly, he looked so much better without the mustache, in my opinion. It was just one of those like creepy looking mustaches, okay? It wasn't like a casual mustache. I'm just not that much of a fan of a mustache unless there's like, it blends in with the other facial hair very swimmingly. Okay. So he fully shaved off his mustache for me. And I don't know how long he had had it, but I think he had had it for a while, you guys. And I was like, wow, this man's serious. (laughs) We did not end up dating. We actually ended up like getting into a really big fight, like a week after electric forest and like basically never talking again. Like he ended up being like pretty insane in my opinion like anger problems but uh at electric forest great time it was pretty much fantastic so yeah um a man shaved off his mustache for me at my first electric forest so that was great that's kind of all the questions i got but i had (laughs) i had two more stories so they are pretty well one of them is very very absurd so i'll save that one for the grand finale um if you guys are still listening you know feel free to keep listening maybe just you know you're feeling it but if you're over it you know you're totally over it but i know i've been you know going on for a while now and this is a pretty long episode but i do have a couple more stories that i thought of so (laughs) the first one is um my first big music festival which was Coachella 2014 (laughs) so I was and all me and all my friends that I went with were like babies like we knew nothing about festivals it was all of our first Coachellas we were like 18 19 years old like some of us younger than that honestly like freshly you know new to LA just had like finished high school and everything so if any of you guys have ever been to Coachella you might know that their ID check is uh, super, super, super legit, okay? And it's probably legit for a lot of festivals, but we were young, we were naive, we all had fake IDs. We get there, and it's our first Coachella, obviously, we're trying to drink, okay? So um, we thought that our fake IDs, of course, would just, you know, be accepted. We thought that we were invincible. So like I said, the security who checks your ID at Coachella specifically is very, very like legitimate. Like they will not, you know, accept a fake ID unless, I mean, it looks fucking amazing. I can't really see them accepting it. Um, They have people that are very trained (laughs) as they should, honestly, you know, they're going to try to prevent underage drinking as much as they can. So... Uh, We all gave them our fake IDs, and um, 
my one friend. I don't think he would care at all, but my um, I won't name him just for just in case. Um, even though it was really funny, and I'm sure he wouldn't care. But my one friend that was from out of the country actually um, had you know his ID from out of the country, uh, and it was you know almost like a passport, but it was just this like weird looking ID that totally looked so 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 fake and I mean it it was it was fake (laughs) and it was from you know not the United States all I remember is my friends that had the ID from out of the country they fully like were like okay we need to inspect this more we don't think that it's real you can come back in a few hours to grab it for us from us and then like the rest of us I once that happened I'm pretty sure we just didn't give them our fake IDs because we knew we were gonna get in trouble or either we did it was either that or we all gave them our fake IDs and then they were just like we know these are fake like didn't give them back. It was one of those two situations. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to the story. Okay. Like luckily we didn't get in trouble, but this is what happened. It was the first day of Coachella. And, um, my friend that had went back to get his ID, uh, like two or three hours later, they fucking handcuffed him and took him away on a golf cart. And we're like, we know that the ID was fake. Like you're going they have literally a Coachella jail, okay? It's not obviously not like jail, but like they'll handcuff people. Like Tana Mojo has a story of getting arrested at Coachella. They like fully, you know, will handcuff you and take you away to like the little Coachella jail. So our friend fully had to go to Coachella jail the first time we all had been there. The first night of the festival, it was such a mood killer. And he actually ended up having to go to court and like fight that off. And I think it ended up being fine, but I think it was definitely, you know, expensive and like, total bullshit and it sucks because he was like one of the first ones that gave his id and i think the rest of us were like oh shit like obviously once he got in trouble we didn't want to give ours so um yeah coachella is very strict about that kind of stuff so we didn't have any fucking alcohol because we thought we were gonna be able to just fucking go in and buy drinks so at that point me and my sister i think it was actually just me and my sister were like at this point this was so long ago but we were like looking for drugs and we were like what are we gonna do like we can't drink like i don't know we just were so unprepared which i mean obviously it was fine we still had a fucking amazing time but we wanted to like you know get a little lit <laughs> so i think that's normal so what we did <laughs> so absurd my sister confirmed that i could tell this story in the podcast i actually asked her if it would be okay this was so long ago like i like i said i was 19 my sister must have been like 17 or something all of our first Coachella and um if you guys know the code word for one of the code words for LSD is Lucy so if people are like telling you I've got Lucy or like does anyone have Lucy they're looking for LSD acid so (laughs) my sister really wanted to find it so she was wearing like a little bralette with like an open back that weekend and she requested one of us to write on her back Lucy question mark So if anyone had it, they could see that that was written on her back and bring it to us. So I got a fucking pen. I wrote Lucy question mark huge on my sister's back. And um, I don't know if we ended up finding any. It was very, very, very hard to find drugs that first like day or slash year of Coachella. Definitely was a lot more prepared and you're just later (laughs) but um we did end up finding this random random man at we were going to see kid cuddy this is like either the first probably actually maybe like the second night of the festival um megan had had lucy question mark written on her back and 
I don't remember if this man actually ended up having acid, but I remember he definitely ended up having ecstasy pills and a few of us like bought them from him. I definitely bought one from him. And he also had like, um, either like a dab pen or like a weed pen or some sort of a pen that honestly at this, at this time, you know, this was like six years ago. I don't think I've ever like hit a pen. Okay. So I was didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> I honestly don't really know what was in the pen. I'm assuming it was just honestly just a weed pen. But all I know is I hit this man's pen. I bought an ecstasy pill from him and maybe Megan did too. She might've found acid from him. I, I honestly can't remember. Like it doesn't matter to the story, but I remember I was such a fucking lame you guys this weekend. Like, I don't know what happened to me because I think I guess maybe I had take I don't remember if I even took the ecstasy pill um and hit the weed pen that had to have been what happened because I couldn't have just gotten this fucked up from hitting a weed pen I mean I could have honestly that's actually happened to me before (laughs) they hit me different you guys lord was performing and it was going to be like skrillex later that night and I fully I must have taken the ecstasy pill and I was coming up and like then I was feeling the pen hit me or something I basically got way too fucked up and I couldn't hang and I had like a dramatic exit like I was like, I have to leave. I feel so horrible. Like I just started feeling super overwhelmed, which sucks because like it was literally my first Coachella and we had been looking for drugs all weekend. And as soon as I finally like get fucked up, I'm like, this is just way too much. Like it was, I think if I hadn't had hit the pen, I would have been totally fine. And something about just the way everything was hitting me and it was still like light outside. So it was really hot. It was just too much for me, but all my friends were totally fine. So they stayed, they had an amazing night. They saw Skrillex. I was so fucking jealous. I literally took like the shuttle home to our hotel and went to sleep. But then the next day I had a full bounce back. Like I was good. So that was something kind of, um, you know, sad slash honestly embarrassing that happened to me because I just like, I couldn't hang. Okay, guys, I have a teensy bit more wine left, like two sips. I think I'm going to chug it and then tell you this last most recent crazy, actually crazy story of something that I've experienced at a music festival. All right. All I have to say is you guys are actually not ready for the story. Had to save this for the grand finale because it is that insane it's that absurd. And it's, uh, it's the craziest thing that's happened to me that I can remember, honestly, like seeing at a music festival. So, um, and this happened really recently. It literally happened like a month ago when I went to Okeechobee, which was literally like two days before the stay at home orders came in. It was kind of lucky that I even got to go to that festival, honestly, but, uh, you know, didn't get Corona. I'm alive and well, so thank God. But, uh, So I've told this story, actually, I had a whole story time of this story in vivid detail on my Patreon. So they've heard this story about a month ago. So if you guys really want to hear stuff like this, once again, it is on my Patreon if you want to support me on there. But I will tell you guys the story just because I've already told it to them and it has to do a lot with this episode. Okay, so let's get into it. It is the second night of the festival. It was 8 p.m. And this is a camping festival. So um, me and two of my girlfriends were walking back to the camp grounds to put on jackets for the night because it was really, really windy and cold. Okay, so we're come back to the campsite. It had just gotten dark, like it probably, you know, 30 minutes ago. It was just gotten, just had gotten dark and 
We get back to the campsite and we hear in the distance, we can't see what is happening, but we hear in the distance a woman basically like screaming and also simultaneously moaning. So super, super, super loud. And once again, like I could just hear it from a distance, but I started picking up on, you know, trying to think like what she was saying and if she was all right, because it was very, you know, loud and concerning. So, um, she basically, how I would explain it, I can't remember everything that she said, but how I would explain it is like, you know, when you just have like a word vomit, but it's, it's happening so fast. Basically like it sounded like, you know, every thought that came to her brain, she was screaming it, not only, you know, saying it out loud, but every thought like a mile a minute, her brain was just like blurting out or her mouth was screaming out, you know, every thought in her head, like she kept like bringing up different names of people that, you know, I'm sure she knew them in real life, but she would be like, Rebecca, like my life would be nothing without you. Like you saved me, Rebecca. She'd say like random stuff like that. And then she'd moan. She kept moaning and it sounded like, you know, she's, it honestly sounded like she was having a great time, but she was just really fucked up. So at first I'm like, Hmm, can't really tell what's going on. Like, is she okay? I'm trying to monitor the situation. Right. And my friends were kind of like, I don't know what's going on there, Lindsay, but like, you know, I don't think you should be like too concerned, but I was, I was concerned. And, um, I just didn't want, I just didn't know if she was okay. And I was very confused, honestly. So, um, (laughs) uh, she also, which I thought was kind of funny. She kept screaming out face nectar. Like, so she's going on her, like, you know, word vomit train and every like 30 seconds, she'd be like, face nectar. And in my head, I'm thinking like, honey, I don't know if you're going to make it to the set tonight. Like if you're this fucked up and you're at the campgrounds and he start, he starts in like two hours. Like, I don't know if you're going to make it, but you know, just kept that one to myself. But okay. So This is going on for a couple minutes. And then at some point she screams out and she's like, I need a Dr. Pepper and I need water. Okay. So she screams this out and I hear in my head, I'm like, oh, okay. This girl doesn't have water. Like I'm going to go bring her some water. I want to make sure that she's okay. So I walk over (laughs) and keep in mind it's dark. So I couldn't really see what was going on until I got way up close. So basically like in campgrounds uh, at festivals, they have like the lines of the cars and they were camping like right across, but I hadn't like seen them the whole weekend. Like I didn't know them. They were just like, you know, camping across the way. So picture this in your brain, you guys. Okay. I'm I'm walking over. (laughs) It's dark outside. I've got the water. Um, They had like their car there and they had the door open and then the woman was sitting on the grass like in front of the car with the door open okay so she's like on the ground fully and I get up closer and I notice that she is fully naked like not even 95% naked 100% naked which fucking live your truth I just wasn't expecting it and to top it all off, she was touching herself. Okay. She was literally like touching her clit and 
that explains why there was moaning going on. Okay. So I obviously I have no idea like what this girl is on. I just wanted to see if she was okay. I don't know what she could have taken. It could have been a mix of things. Honestly, she could have just had an extreme reaction. She could have been on a lot of Molly. She could have been on a mixture of things. I have no idea. And it's not my place to be, to try to be like, she was definitely on this. She could have just been having like a freak out. But like I said, she did seem like she was enjoying herself. I mean, she was having like a sexual experience, okay? So this all happens happens so fast. Like I walked over, I noticed that she was naked. I noticed that she's like touching herself like in front of her car. And you know, it's kind of like, she wasn't like in a tent or anything. Like she was kind of out there. So like, I was worried about her. I didn't know if she was gonna be okay. You know, I didn't know if she was all right. So I noticed that there's a guy standing next to her and he was being really strange. Like he wasn't talking. He, the whole time she had been screaming and moaning, he wasn't saying anything. So I didn't even notice that he was with her until I got over there. And I don't know if he was her friend or her boyfriend or whatever. I have no idea, but I kind of asked him, like, once I got over there, I realized what was happening. Like I asked him really quick. I was like, is she okay? Like I just came over to check. And he basically said something along the lines to me of like, no, like we're not okay. Like he was, he only said, you know, like three words or something, but he was very like non, he was not communicating with me. He just basically, he might've even just shaken his head. Um, I don't think he communicated very much to me. It's hard for me to remember just because like I said, it just, it was all very, it happened very fast and it was very overwhelming. Um, you know, there was a lot to take in in like that 15 second period. So, uh, I ended up like, trying to give the water to the girl. I was like, I brought you some water. And she got up really fast, like a little bit aggressively, like off the ground. She got up and she tried to like, I think, hug me. I think she thought it was dark outside. Like I said, I think, and she's obviously fucked up. I think she thought that I was her friend or someone she knew. She called me like, she called, let's say she called me Jessica. I don't remember what she called me, but she was like, Jessica. And she like reached out to almost try and hug me, but it was very like aggressive. And she ended up grabbing one of my pigtails um, <laughs> and just kind of like pulling out my hair a little bit, not pulling it out, but she like grabbed it. So I didn't really know what to say. So I just kind of said, please let go of me. <laughs> I was like, please let go of me. And also like, I brought you this water. So honestly, I don't remember if she drank the water. She might've like flung the water because it was like an open cup or whatever. Like I have no idea if she drank it. She seemed like she just thought she knew me and she tried to hug me. Anyway, so after that, I was very alarmed because obviously she's this like fully naked woman who was touching herself and then she just like, you know, thought I was her friend. So clearly she was very fucked up. So at this point, I'm like, I don't really know what to do, but I'm just going to go like tell my friends what I just, you know, saw and see what they think we should do. So I go back to the campsite. I tell my friends, they're like, yeah, what should we do? Like, that's very concerning. You know, I, I was definitely like trying to like figure something out because we were about to go back into the festival, but I just didn't feel comfortable leaving, leaving her with no supervision. Like I, I didn't feel like that guy knew what was going on that was with her. And I, I just wanted to make sure that she wasn't going to be sitting like alone naked in the middle of the campgrounds. Like I just didn't want anything like sketch or to happen. So I remembered, um, that we had gotten, um, a slip when we got to the campgrounds that was basically, so it's called ground control. And they're basically like, I don't know if they're paid by the festival or they might, they honestly could be volunteers, they're called ground control and they basically just will golf cart over to you in the campgrounds if you need anything. Like if you get hurt, if you need a first aid kit or if you need, 
if you or one of your friends needs to go to the medical tent, they'll come over on a golf cart and drive you over to the medical tent so you can get there faster. And they'll basically just like come if you're, you know, feeling unsafe or even if you're lost, I'm sure you could probably call ground control and they would, they would help you out. So I actually had used ground control um, when I was at Electric Forest last summer. I had to like call ground control for one of my friends and it ended up being like really helpful. Um, So I had known, I had actually had a good experience with them in the past. So I was like, you know, I know that they're just trying to help. They're not, you know, it's not like calling the police on someone. It's just trying to get somebody to a safe space, basically, if they're, you know, feeling overwhelmed or whatever it is. Um, So I remembered we had the ground control slip and I was like, okay, do you guys think I should call ground control or is that like not good and they were like no I think you should so I didn't know if you know if it was my place or anything but I figured you know I, d- I definitely want this woman to be safe and I don't want to just leave and you know she's still like naked and on the grass in the middle of you know the campgrounds so I called ground control and they were like okay we are coming over like I told them where we were located and they're like okay we are coming over please like flag us down when you see the golf cart so they ended up coming really fast they put her and I'm assuming the guy I think went with her on the golf cart and I'm assuming they just took him to the medical tent I think that's what happened but um, I was worried about freaking freaking her out when like they came by on the golf cart and everything just it was, like you know lights and loud and everything like that but I think it ended up being fine because it was kind of funny we saw like the golf cart driving away and she like flung her hands up in the air still still fucking naked okay she's on top of the golf cart and she flings her hands up in the air and she's like like she was clearly you know having fun or enjoying herself still in her experience whatever you know whatever she was experiencing she was still having a good time which made me happy to see I didn't want her to like panic or freak out when the golf cart came so I think she ended up you know being fine and um that is (laughs) that's the end of that story so um that was pretty wild because it was just like I just had never seen anything like that before. Like she was fully touching herself, which literally like no judgment girl, just like it was pretty out in the open. I I just wanted to make sure that she was going to be good. So um, that is actually (laughs) the most recent uh, festival story that was pretty wild that I just felt like I had to share. I hope that I'm not oversharing by sharing that. You know, obviously I would never, I don't know this woman's name. You know, I know nothing about her. So she would never be able to be identified basically. Uh, is what I'm saying, but um, that is, yeah, that's a wild one, you guys, so obviously there's a lot of stories that are, you know, drug-induced, but then there's also a lot of stories that are just fucking random and funny, so I have been recording for, like, you know, almost two hours now. My headphones are squeezing my ears, (laughs) and um, I am just feeling like I told a lot of stories, I really, really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please give me feedback on this episode. Please feel free to DM me on the podcast Instagram. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if you want more story time episodes like this. I'd love to hear from you guys. I really would. And, you know, your feedback means so much to me because on the podcast, you know, it's different than like YouTube where you can get comments. We can't get comments on the podcast episodes. So I always like to know what you guys think about the different topics and the different episodes from week to week. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I hope, I really hope this was entertaining. Um, I hope that you guys got some enjoyment out of this. And I will be back next week with another episode for you guys. So thank you so very much for listening. Until next time. Bye guys. Thank you.